Hello, everybody, and welcome to Following Jesus with Christ Church. My name is Andrew Vandermoss. I'm joined by my friend and uh, co-host, Addison Hawkins. Uh, we are here today to once again uh, look at some observations and share some stories about following Jesus from our little perspective in the world, Christ Church, Grand Rapids. I want to start today with a quote that is maybe a little bit graphic. Uh, so if you don't like that sort of thing, maybe you can be ready just to cover your ears a little bit. Here's the quote. This trial that now the bowels relaxed in a constant flux discharge the bodily strength that a fire originated in the marrow ferments into the wounds of the fosses, which is the back of the mouth, that the intestines are shaken with a continual vomiting, that the eyes are on fire with the injected blood, that in some cases the feet or the parts of the limb are taken off by the contagion of disease putrefaction, that from the weakness Arising from the maiming and loss of the body, either the walk is weakened or the hearing is obstructed or the sight darkened. This trial, even this trial, is profit profitable as a proof of faith. These words come from Cyprian uh, in his treatise on mortality in the middle of the third century, and they describe uh, in very graphic detail, I think you'll agree, a, a plague that was going throughout their community at this time. We share that with you this afternoon to remind you that we are living in a time, the COVID virus, that has often been said it is an unprecedented time, but that's not totally true. In fact, if we look throughout history, we'll see lots of plagues and pandemics and uh, different situations that have beset uh, the world and God's people in the midst of the world. So while it may be unprecedented for us, uh, it's not unprecedented at all to sort of parse through some of this different material. We're joined today by our friend and colleague, Daniel Egelus. And Daniel was the, the right guy for this as he has just finished his uh, dissertation and is about to graduate with his PhD, and his dissertation is all on Cyprian. So who better to ask than one of the world's foremost experts on Cyprian? So welcome, Daniel. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, it's great to have you. Give us a, a little bit of update. I mean, you're known to many in our Christchurch community, but just give us a little bit of update on what's going on with you. You've had some changes in your role at Grace Hill, and just give us couple seconds on what's going on. Sure. We just, uh, Abby and I just completed our transition from helping with our church plant, local church plant, Grace Hill. Uh, I was serving as assistant pastor, but now uh, we've uh, become uh, missionaries with Surge uh, with, the intention, with the intention of uh, going back to our native land of, of Peru, Lima, our uh, city where we both uh, were bo uh, were born there, and uh, we that's where we grew up. That's great, Daniel. Well, Daniel, as you know, is a, a church historian. Andrew had mentioned it. Finished his PhD recently with Cyprian. He's he's been around. He is the local church historian. Uh, he, he's smiling just a little bit. World's foremost, as Andrew said. 
Um, but so Cy- Cyprian was alive during a pandemic, what Andrew just described in, in great detail. It's usually called uh, the pa- Cyprian pandemic. Is that right? Because of the way that he described the, the what was going on? Yeah, it is. It is called uh, the plague of Cyprian, and uh, it's not. It's not called that because Cyprian was uh, patient zero, or because uh, even the plague arose in Carthage, a city, or North Africa. In fact, uh, scholars think that it uh, might have originated in the eastern part of the empire and then spread to to the west. But it is called the plague of Cyprian because uh, he is the writer that gives the most graphic description of what the symptoms of uh, the plague uh, were. Uh, And that's the quote that uh, Andrew read just a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. And so, you know, like Andrew had said too, this is entirely unprecedented, right? It is in our own lifetime, right? None of us have experienced anything like this, but, you know, could you just maybe tease out some more uh, from what you've read and what you've learned about maybe even that, that time and that plague and, and tell us more about, you know, what was going on at that time and some nuggets that you've learned? Sure. Um, there, we, we don't have like hard numbers. Um, when you read uh, sometimes articles uh, about uh, you know the, the number of people that die from from this plague, um, sometimes you read that at its height uh, about five thousand people uh, died in one day in Rome. Um, I haven't found the, the the primary source for that, but I mean that's that's a common part of the description. And, and I think you also have to bear in mind, you know, if you just get that as a reference, that the cities in those days were not as populous as, as, they, are, as they are today. Uh, I mean, Rome must have been, uh, at, at that point, the, the, the largest city, and probably had maybe like a million people there. Uh, but for 5,000 to, to, to die on one day gives you a little sense of what it was like to go through, through that very scary time, uh, you know, we're going through COVID-19 and we, we hear about fever, we hear about, uh, we hear about coughing and uh, loss of breathing. But I mean, boy, you just uh, listen to some of the description that uh, Cyprian gives you there. Scary, a scary sight it must have been to, to look at someone who was uh, suffering from this plague. And, and the thing is that um, we going through this and not to minimize our experience at all, uh, but, you know, we're taking all the precautions that we can. Um, but our, our fear is that we might not contract this virus um, uh, because there is a small chance that if, if we, if we contracted it, that we, we could, we could even die. Right. Um, but um, for people going through that uh, you had Lots of you don't know the scientific uh, information. You just know that a lot of people are dying around you, uh, a very uh, scary death, right? So, um, like Andrew said, um, these are not certainly not for the church. Not these are not unprecedented in our experience, but it must have been very scary uh, to go through that. Christians, we were dying. Uh, as non-Christians, and that's part of what motivated Cyprian to write these treaties. Um, so, you know, some, some, some people believe that these treatises 
uh, were, were sermons that he delivered to, to his people. His mm -hmm. own people were afraid that they might contract this disease and die uh, a very gruesome death. And uh, so Cyprian writes this, delivers this sermon. And the main point is that Christians uh, should not uh, fear death, but that to see it as, as the gateway into Christ's presence. Um, so that's a little bit of, of the context of uh, why Cyprian wrote this. Um, it, uh, like I said, it, um, it was a pandemic for, for, for them because it started for them. The known world was, was the Roman empire and it spread from one end to the other. And in fact, uh, estimates are that this thing lasted for a good 10 or over 10 years. Um, so the, this is, uh, it was, it was hard to live through, through these circumstances. And if I'm not mistaken, there were, there were some folks even there that were sort of the precursor to, um, sort of a name it, claim it type idea that did believe that Christians were immune from this sort of thing. And that was one of the things that Cyprian was talking about in his treaties as well. That's right. There is, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, interesting that you mentioned that. Uh, we are, uh, Abby and I are reading through the book of uh, um, Job these days, and uh, it's, there's this tendency in us that if we see suffering, right, we, we uh, I'm thinking of Job's friends, you rush to thinking, oh, that person must have done uh, something, something really bad to, to deserve that. So even in the Christians in, in Cyprian's day, uh, some people in his own congregation were wondering, well, why, if, if we're God's chosen people, right, if we're, uh, if we're God's children, why are these things happening to us as well, uh, just as they're happening to, 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 to the heathen, to the heathen, right? Right. Um, and uh, so that, that there's, there's this passage that I find very encouraging. I think it's probably my, my favorite lesson from this treatise. It comes from chapter eight. Uh, Cyprian writes, um, addressing this very question it says but nevertheless it disturbs some that the power of this disease attacks her people equally with the heathens as if the christian believed for this purpose that he might have the enjoyment of the world and this life free from the con from the contact of ills and not as one who undergoes all adverse things here and is reserved for future joy so I think um, this was a great way for Cyprian to clarify to his people what the hope of the gospel was, what the promises of the gospel were, that it was not that you would have, a, 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 that your life now would be a walk in the park and that, it, that you wouldn't have any problems, but that Christ would be there with you walking through these circumstances mm. and sustaining your faith until you receive the full inheritance that he promised at the resurrection. As the creed says, we look forward to the resurrection of the dead. That is our ultimate hope. Yeah. Especially this Easter week, you know, we are thinking about the the resurrection. We're moving towards Easter here as we are recording and so absolutely, that's that's such a great word from Cyprian uh, that there's not the promise of the avoidance of ills here, 
but we have the promise of eternal life with our resurrected Lord. Uh, it is really true, you know, in the midst of these difficult situations, it sort of clarifies our mind for us, like what is important? What is real? What do we, where is our rock that we stand on? That's really awesome. What other plagues are, or pestilences do you know, just as a more general historian or miss more general uh, look at history, what other things have you noted that have come about in the church? Yeah, so Cyprian's plague was, uh, it's a famous plague, but uh, it does not really come near uh, the two uh, deadliest plagues that hit uh, Europe and uh, uh you know, in the history of the church, you have uh, the plague of Justinian, which took place in the middle of the sixth century, and uh, it had the recurrences until uh, uh, the middle of the eighth century. And then you, of course, you had the Black Death, uh, which is estimated to have killed uh, 30 to 60,000, uh, to, to 60, 30 to 60 percent of Europe's population. Uh, um, the course of the 14th century. And so between these two great plagues, um, hundreds of millions of people died. Wow. Um, and I mean, that is, that's why it's, I mean, it's not surprised to think that for Christians that were going through these uh, events, they thought that the book of Revelation was being fulfilled. It was yeah. like a third of the world is dying from this. Uh, and um, it's like the end is near. Um, but those are some of the most uh, remarkable ones, uh, just because of their uh, the number of people that they killed, um, and uh, and of course uh, in uh, smaller instances you have plague and Luther's uh, Wittenberg and Calvin's Geneva too. There was a, uh, they went through some of that and smallpox epidemic and uh, Jonathan Edwards in New Jersey too and cholera and Spurgeon's London. All of these remind us that uh, the church is no uh, stranger to adversity, great adversity, very uh, scary circumstances. And, and, uh, but I guess as, as in a way, as, as Cyprian uh, reminds us and others as well, um, that we, in a way, we shouldn't be surprised because Jesus himself told his disciples from the beginning that in this world, we would have tribulation, but that still we should be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Yeah, that's such a great reminder, especially like we've said already before, just in this holy week, just a great reminder of what's to come or what has come and what is to come, uh, you know, with Christ's resurrection. And, you know, a lot of those, you know, we're sort of, we don't really know where we fall in terms of our timing of um, COVID-19. So hopefully we certainly don't fall anywhere like the Black Death or, or any of these. Any loss of life is sad. Um, and so you hear those numbers, 30 to 60%, it seems really high. You know, what can you tell us about how the church responded to some of these uh, events and maybe what we can learn as a church to respond now? Sure, I think that the what uh, you it's it's uh, you you find a lot of uh, online in articles these days is um, that this these instances were uh, great opportunities for the for for the church to this put on display 
what, uh, how counter countercultural their their love was, because as people were were fleeing the, these the, these plagues and and diseases, um, Christians and certainly not all of them. Uh, uh, you, you, course you know we reminded the people christians and in, in cyprian's own church were, were scared um, but there were christians who were staying like like luther is said to have uh, done with his own wife uh, to stay and, and to serve and to help uh, those who were suffering to to bring them medical uh, as, as you know as much medical assistance as they could uh, a hand of, of support prayer um you had uh, and this was completely only christians would have been doing these things in in, in those uh, societies so it was one way in which christians really stood out uh, in the course of these events Good. and that takes some discernment uh, you know we the idea of sacrifice i think is something that a lot of us have thought about sometimes it's trying to figure out what that looks like in, in our particular moment in time. Uh, yeah, I know you can, you've given a little bit of thought to that. Some of the, the particulars of history inform what that sacrifice looks like. Yeah. Uh, you always, you know, when you study history, uh, you always have to, I guess it's the same with, uh, with hermeneutics some Bible reading and interpretation. They tell you that context is, is everything, right? You have to read everything in its context. Um, and, uh, and, and that means that uh, we, certainly have, we certainly have to learn uh, from these Christians uh, to learn to love like they loved in a sacrificial way. But we also have to uh, take into consideration that they lived in very different times. With the, in some cases, uh, these things happen, and it's certainly in the case of Cyprian, uh, uh, a thousand years before the scientific revolution, right? Uh, when they didn't have the sort of uh, uh, medical knowledge that we have at our at our disposal. So, I think we have to take all of those things into account. There's, I reading through some articles, I found this quote that. I really like from uh, an article uh, from uh, the Gospel Coalition. Um, it, if I may read it, it says, uh, there are many factors that set our age apart from others. Before modern hospitals, there was no specialized professional healthcare. Uh, what's more, previous generations ministered to the sick with little knowledge of how their diseases were transmitted. Carers can be carriers, even when asymptomatic. In such scenarios, self-isolation can be the most loving thing to do, rather than infecting the ones that we are seeking to love. While the outworking of love may look different in different ages, love must still be the aim. A love directed by the Holy Spirit, not our self-centered flesh. And, and I think that is, that is a great a way, a great principle to help us begin thinking about well how so uh, taking all these things into consideration what can we do now in our own context to love uh, our, our families uh, to love our neighbors our uh, brothers and sisters from church how do we love them well in this in in, in these circumstances yeah that's a really great word that's a really great word. Well, Daniel, we are certainly glad that you took a couple minutes to, to come by. I do think we can get so, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, I get so 
caught up in my own time and in my own place. It's just good to step back and realize that we're part of a whole history, uh, a history of the world with all of its ills, but with also just the way that God works within his people throughout that. And I think our conversation today has really helped me to get a broader perspective on that. So thank you for being with us today. If I could, I thought I'd just close in prayer. Addison, thank you as always for your good work and setting things up and keeping us rolling. Um, let me just pray as we go out and we seek to uh, walk with the Lord, even as he walks with us. Lord, we do desire that as we've walked through some of your saints of old, from Cyprian to Justinian and Luther and Calvin and Spurgeon and just so many folks who have been faced with uh, difficulty in this life. Father, we pray that you would give us the wisdom to know how to love uh, in the way that you have loved us, how to love those in our culture. Help us to understand the times. Help us to also understand that we have something that is more secure uh, than our time here on earth, and that is our relationship with you and how that uh, our, our, our deposit in heaven. Father, thank you for Daniel being here. Thank you for the way that you have worked in and through him in our community. We pray a continued blessing on he and on Abby and on Nate and on the baby that is yet to come. Lord, we pray that you would lead them uh, in pleasant pastures, wide fields. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you want more from Christ Church, you can find us at our website, ChristChurchGR.org. That's ChristChurchGR.org. And while you're there, check out the Staying Connected during COVID-19. You can find other resources. You can find our latest podcasts, home worship guide, and other great things to stay connected during this time. You can find this podcast at any of your regular podcasting outlets, whether that's through Apple iTunes or through the Google Play Store. We're so glad you checked in. We hope to see you next time. Thank you.